Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome back to the Over the Monster podcast. I am Brian Joyner here with Dan Secatore. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing good, Brian. How you doing? How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was... I don't know why I'm asking you this on Thursday. I don't even remember what I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the point. It's once once we're at Thursday, the 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 weekend coming up is the only, you know, it's like just All right, I'll ask what's you my that, favorite what, weekend. Is what do you got going one. on this weekend? Um, I am, as far as I know, my main plan is to put together the Trader Joe's halloween gingerbread house with my children oh nice that's that sounds fun um gingerbread houses are gross yes <laughs> but it sounds like a fun activity it's a thing to do oh we may go on a hayride too dan that you we should. also may go on a hayride i um i that last weekend i i did my sacred duty as a new englander and, and went apple picking did the hayride did a maze for the first time have you ever done a maze, a hedge maze? Yes. You have? Okay. So yes. you know um, that it's really cool for the first 20 minutes. And then it's increasingly frustrating for the next 20 minutes. And then for the last 20 minutes, it was awful until we finally I'm actually, just... I've been in a hedge maze for a month. I can't get out. So. <laughs> it's a good thing you brought your podcasting equipment, though, in there. Amazing. 
Yeah, we actually ended up. We literally. I mean, I was I was with two kids, five and under, who were really starting to lose it. We at the end, we just said, "Screw it, we're cutting through the edges," and just escaped at the side. So we never even made it through. We never made it to the end. I don't give New, upstate New York um, full New England credit on a lot of things, but apples. We got good apples around here. Are they better apples? I think they're better apples. They I think be. it's like, yeah, I, th- I think they might be. Um, but enough about those apples. Um, <laughs> let's talk playoffs. I don't know if you know this, but they're going on uh, right now. Uh, yeah, I have noticed that. I may have jumped around the the, the rundown, but um, we'll get no, to we the should, cake. Let, let's talk. No, let's talk about let's talk postseason. Okay, Dan, you you let me know again that you had thoughts I did. <laughs> again. I would just like to know your thoughts because I think you're ready to, to spill them for the people. Well, before I get into it, I actually have a question for you. Um, Brian Joyner, in the event that you either A, get canceled, always a risk for people in our profession, or B, you just end up in some sort of like bad drug cartel situation that goes sideways and you have like $90,000 in cash and you need to sever all ties to your current life and go off the grid and never be heard or seen from again, do you have an off-the-grid life plan? Well, this happened to me last week, so yes. <laughs> but, um, but You didn't outside, follow um, through. I think the entirety of my off-the-grid life plan, unless we're talking about major flooding uh, for the world's oceans, is to just go to my house on Martha's Vineyard and just um, eat frozen pizzas. I think that's it. Yeah, okay. That's not bad. That's not really severing all ties to your existing life, though. Um, um, so I don't that, know that's that as far as I'm. That's as far as I'm going to go. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, now let me ask you a question. Why are you asking me this? <laughs> I, I am asking you this because I'm, I'm about to say something that's going to get me canceled. It's been a long time coming been predicted by a lot of people um but it here it is this moment right now brian joiner i like the houston astros i don't think any of us expected him to say that <laughs> i like the houston astros and i'm sick of pretending that i don't um it's not just I mean, it, it helps that we've been watching them beat the New York Yankees for in the playoffs like four of the last six years. Um, so once a year, pretty much uh, for the last six years, I've been rooting for the Astros at least for for at least one four to seven day stretch. And I have come around to just liking this team. I, I, I don't care about the cheating anymore. I'm done with the cheating. And you look at the team. I mean, first of all, this, this year's team in particular, one, you got Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena, I will, I will never, ever, ever not root for a player from New England, first of all. Um, I love all players from New England. I, I'm the type of person who keeps track in my head of, uh, uh, of what the roster would be of the New England national team at any given time. Um, and let me tell you, the New England national team, the, the baseball program is not in a good place right now. 
So Jeremy Pena coming along, Rhode Island native, uh, UMaine alum. Jeremy Pena coming along. This is this is really good for the team. Um, slot him next to George Springer. If AJ Pollock can get back on the field, got something going on the lineup there. Rotation's a disaster thanks to Matt Harvey, but you know. So Jeremy Pena, love that guy. Love Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker deserves to be so much more famous and beloved than he is. And I do think he is generally beloved. But like, you know, one, he's obviously just sort of a dying breed in baseball. There was a t- like when we were when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s, every, like baseball was filled with Dusty Bakers. Like in order to be a manager or a general manager, you had to be over 60. You had to be a guy who always had his hands stuck down his pants for some reason. You had to speak a language solely of like homespun country wisdom. Like it was all Dusty Bakers. And today everyone in the front office is a McKinsey alum. And half the managers are just like 37-year-old former middle infielders um, who are just, you know, doing whatever the front office is telling them to do. Um, so I miss Dusty Baker, but, but frankly, even just lumping him into that category, like kind of sells him short for who he is. Cause he isn't like, he's more than just like a crusty old baseball guy. He invented the high five <laughs> like that for the, how, how are we not, how do we not talk about that more? That, that there was one day where there were no high fives and then all of a sudden Dusty Baker and, uh, Glenn Burke high fived each other and changed the entire world forever. Like, that alone should make him a household name. This guy smoked weed with Jimi Hendrix. This guy owns a winery. This guy was in the on-deck circle when Hank Aaron broke the all-time home run record and then was in the dugout when Barry Bonds did it later. Like, he's such an interesting, cool guy. And I love him. And I don't you want to see him get a ring? First of all, the plural of Dusty Baker is Dusty's Baker. Get it right. Did I pluralize his name? I don't even know I did that. No, you said Dusty Bakers. I'm just... Oh, oh I'm okay. Just, yeah, I'm, yes, I see. I'm yeah, just, you're right. I'm this just having, I'm having a fun. With I'm having a fun. Okay. Gotcha. I, um, I will grant you everything Jeremy Pena related. Uh, I got nothing wrong with Dusty Baker. You're right about... I mean, you're right about the McKinsey accounting firm aspect of management which has trickled down you can tell to the actual managers themselves Mm. um, who want to be able to speak that language and speak the player's language like Alex Cora I think is is an example of someone who does it very well Um, the thing is uh, yeah I mean I have nothing against Dusty Baker the other thing and I will I kind of don't want to step on my uh, draft selections for the draft we are going to do shortly, which is um, drafting World Series moments we want to see. So there is one pro Houston one in there, and I'll, I'll save it for that. Uh, all that said, in, incorrect, and um, you will be reported to the... Um, Red Sox Nation Stasi. I am going to have to engage my cancellation plan, which is that there is a ferry boat that runs between Barcelona and Tangier twice a week. It takes like 28 and 31 hours to make the crossing across the Mediterranean. Um, 
I am going to go be the bartender on that boat. That is my new life. This is the last time you and I will talk to each other on land. Jason Bourne can do that trip in three hours, but, you know, hey. He's a, he's a Tangiers well, guy. Well, he was trying to get back on the grid, so we're in a different situation. Are you ready to talk cakes? Ready, ready to talk cakes. So, yeah, I guess we should clarify. So we are recording this on Thursday. It is quite possible when people hear this tomorrow that Raphael Devers is a newly rich man. You excited? Yes. I am very excited. I wrote a column. I don't even know if it can. It was a blog. It, was, it was, wasn't even column length. It was a blog yesterday um, encouraging the Red Sox to sign their good players because having better players makes your team better. It's an interesting philosophy, interesting team-building philosophy. It appears um, that they will be doing that in this instance. But yeah, so for so for for those of you listeners who do not spend twenty out of twenty four hours a day on Red Sox Twitter, um, there may be Red Sox officials down in the Dominican Republic right now speaking to Rafi, or they may be just giving him a birthday cake. Um, now that is obviously ridiculous on its face. And, and this is something this is something that keeps happening every offseason with Dominican reporters. Um, we see this over and over again. So what happened was a, a Dominican reporter named Jensen Pulholz, who is a very well-respected journalist down there. He has been in the business for years. He has lots of connections with the players. He knows Rafael Devers. He's interviewed Devers before. He's he's at least we've seen at least one picture of the two of them in a car together. <laughs> So I don't know if that was like a carpool karaoke situation or they were just giving each other a ride. I don't know. Um, but Jansen Poolhouse reported earlier this week that Rafael Devers um, is in active contract negotiation talks with Red Sox officials who went down to the Dominican um, and, and, uh, and visited his house to engage in talks. Um, now, Again, this happens every offseason. A Dominican reporter will report something like this. And then U.S. beat reporters will come in with these really like patronizing tweets just refuting everything that these guys say. And it really, really bothers me. A, a I don't know why you need to do it. So in this case, in this case, the guy that sort of stepped in it was, was Chris Cotillo of, of Mass Live. Um, first of all, just like it, if Jensen Poolholz has information that there's a Red Sox official at Rafael Devers' house talking contract, that is news. But if you're a USB reporter and you just call, you know, your guy in the front office and your guy in the front office who's trying to keep things, you know, uh, keep a tight lid on news, says, eh, it's not really true. Do you even really need to report? Like, you're not reporting news. You're just repeating something somebody told you because, as we know, front offices like to keep these things secret. Although, frankly, I don't really know why the Red Sox front office seems to care in this case. You would think they, they would want the fan base to know that they are pulling all their stops out to sign this future star. But it just, I don't know, does this bother you the same way it bothers me? It's like all these beat reporters come in and like act like they're putting on their big boy pants and they're saying, no, don't listen to those those clowns down in the DR. Like we're the ones with the sources. Everyone back up. Well, it's to me, the situation is plain that Jansen Pujols 
is tight with the player side in the player management dynamic. And then the beats are all tight with the management side. Yeah. And all they're doing are the bidding of um, each side. And I think that you are right to criticize the attitude, a holier-than-thou attitude, because even if they are correct in telling half the story, they're telling half the story. Yeah. And that means that neither side is telling the full story, but at least Blueholes is not purporting to. He's saying, I know this is happening right now. That's reporting. Right. Exactly. He, he's just relaying a fact. There's an official at Raphael Devers' house. They are talking contracts, that, which is what Devers told me. Yeah. So it's beat writing is apparently very territorial. Um, I had thought about being a beat writer when I was young. And the second I got in a press box, I realized I did not want to do that. Really? Um, yes. Uh, it was a, It was in the Mets. It was at Shea. Do you want to? You want to go into specifics here? I, w- I would love to hear. I what was so no. Awful. I just and I think this is changing. Um, it was just like it was really the Hawaiian shirt crowd at the time. This was like <laughs> Springsteen and Hawaiian shirts. Two thousand one. Yes. Yes. So it was in two thousand two. So obviously. Obviously, there's so many smart people writing about baseball on beats, um, nationally, on blogs, one hopes. Um, And that's good. I think that naturally, as in any competitive field, this is just like marking territory. Yeah. And, and you're right. And I don't want to drag these guys too much. They're just repeating what they've been told. But I guess my question is like, why? <laughs> why are you doing that? Don't do that. If, if a reporter, if a respected reporter in the Dominican reports something and then somebody tells you something differently, like you, if you have to say something, if you just have to tweet, you can just say that. You can just say, hey, Anson Pujols is reporting that Devers says contract talks have started. I've been told different things. Well, I don't know what's going on. Like, that's fine. Just say that. You don't have to come out. It's just it's the attitude that they that they all immediately come out within hours of this Pujols thing. And they don't just say, like, they've heard different information. Like, they come out and outright contradict it. And this happened to Pujols two years ago with Wander Franco. The exact same thing happened. He was the first person to report that Wander Franco was in extension talks with the Rays. And the Rays beat writers came in and said, no, hold on, this isn't happening. And then like five seconds later, the Rays announced that they signed Wander Franco to a 15-year deal or whatever it was. Um, so just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it, beat writers of America. Just don't, you do, you do not need to contradict every report that comes out of the Dominican and, and, and you know, sort of act like nothing's, nothing's real until it gets your stamp of approval. I mean, yeah, obviously. Don't be a dick. That's it. That's all it is. It's very simple. Don't be a dick. That's going to be my recommendation at the end of the show. If 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 you're about to send a tweet, in general, first, you should be, uh, the first thing you should ask is, do I need to do this at all, irrespective of the content? If you don't, don't send it. 
But then, like, am I being a dick? Now, look, you'll fail sometimes. I'm a dick on Twitter a lot. I've blocked my Red Sox stats, but so is everybody. Um, I'm not. He doesn't know who I am yet. I'm still not. That's just, it comes for us all, Dan. Um, well, you could do what I do, which is just not tweet at all. That's always no. a possibility out there, America. That's an option. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy needs that tweet, baby. Daddy needs that sweet, sweet Twitter in his life. Got to get that. It's the sugar high that only can be matched by a Halloween gingerbread house. Tweeting oh. and Halloween gingerbread houses. Um, I mean, if I eat any of that, I'm probably going to be tweeting uh, like a storm on sugar energy. But, but before any of that happens, Dan and I will be drafting the five moments we want to see in the World Series that starts tonight. Weather permit. Oh, wait, no. It's in Houston. We're so in the dome. Fine. Yeah, we're good. And it's also, oh, yeah, right. I was, I was going to correct you and say it starts tomorrow, but then I realized that you were being a real professional podcast host and recognizing that this is going to come out tomorrow. So yeah. good job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you, you continually referring to today as tomorrow is probably not confusing. Probably not. <laughs> uh, but I think they'll know when it is. Uh, so... I actually put a little bit more work into this than I usually do. Oh, nice. Um, Why don't you start us off then? Emphasis on a little. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, I will start us off. I'll go first. Um, Now, this is a sliding scale. Um, Starting in game four, I would like... If the Phillies are up 3-0, I would like Bryce Harper to hit four home runs to give the Phillies the victory in four games. If the series goes five games, I would like Bryce Harper to hit five home runs to win the series in five games. Six games, six homers, seventh game, seven homers. Every single way, it is humiliating for the Astros uh, in the first two scenarios, they get to finish it in Philly, and obviously the fifth one will break the record for all games. Um, if it goes back to Houston, uh, and then he hits six, they're going to be like, wow, well, he's what? not going to hit seven what? tomorrow. What and is then he the hits game? seven, and then they win the World Series. Um, what is the game situation where Bryce Harper is able to... A, get seven at-bats, 
but B hit seven home runs. Like how how bad is the Phillies pitching been? If Bryce Harper is hits seven home runs, they all even. get they all get the hottest, newest, never before seen strain of COVID. Every single one of them. So that yeah, wasn't so, what I want to see. I'm just saying that like that is how implied. many home runs is Jordan Alvarez hitting that game? I think there's. I think, I think you got to think about the other side here. No, in order well, for I'm Bryce gonna... Harper to get up seven times, then this game is tied and in the extra innings. And if he's already hit six home runs by the time his seventh home run gets hit, then this score is 15 all. Yes. You get it now. <laughs> you, you get it. Point is, I want the Phillies to win and Bryce Harper to have, um, joking aside, some sort of monster game in there to really... Like, this would be the... Uh, I mean defining series of a Hall of Fame case, even though it, it's made over the long haul, it helps to have something like this. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'd like to see. I, I completely agree. I, I love Bryce Harper and, and have for his entire career. Uh, it's been wonderful seeing him in the postseason. You know, I know I, I've seen the stats over and over and over again that explain that over a large enough sample size, any given player's postseason stats are pretty much going to normalize to their regular season stats. Um, with, I think, the small cat, I, I think all hitters um, regress a little bit in the postseason, which makes sense because they are facing uh, much better pitchers. They don't get to feast on on the the, the you know the fifth starters and the mop up relievers anymore. So I think the, all the stats, I've, I've seen all those numbers, and yet I am still convinced that there are a handful of players who actually just are a little bit better in the postseason and always will be. Um, Nomar was absolutely one of those guys uh, in, in the 98-99 playoffs. He, he was better than he was in the regular season. And I think Bryce Harper is too. And and look, I know this is impossible, but this is just one of these things that I sort of believe in blind faith. Every time he steps up to the plate this series, I'm kind of going to be expecting him to hit a home run or a double off the wall. Yeah, that's my point. I want as much as that as possible in the most humiliating way possible. Um, all right, you're up. All right, so my uh, first one, um, I was initially... I initially felt bad that it wasn't one specific moment, um, but then you just gave us four different hypothetical moments as your first pick, so I don't feel bad anymore. Um, so the first thing I want to see in the World Series is I want to see the entire World Series start and finish without a single player stealing a base. This is impossible. It will not happen, but God, I hate the Taco Bell stolen base, stolen taco promotion so much. I hate everything about it. I hate, first of all, that, like I said, it's a foregone conclusion. It's not even something that may or may not happen. It would, it would be like it would be like if Taco if Taco Bell did a, an equivalent Super Bowl promotion, it would be like if somebody catches the football, you get to catch a free chalupa or something like that. Like it's never like we're never gonna have a World Series that doesn't have a stolen base. So it's not it's a dumb promotion to begin with. I hate the way that Fox, like Joe Buck, you know, like pretends that it's actually a possibility that's not gonna happen. 
Like, dude, you're you're a baseball play-by-play guy. Let's have some integrity for your job, and let's not pretend like, ooh, is somebody going to steal a base in this World Series? Yes, somebody's going to steal a base in this World Series. Um, I hate the fact that when it does happen, we're forced to interrupt the game and talk to, like, the awkward 55-year-old CFO of Taco Bell who's sitting in the stands while, like, Alec Bohm is hitting, and he has to talk to us about everyone in America getting a taco. Um, I really hate that. Although, do I, I do have to admit that it's kind of hilarious that these companies spend millions of dollars throughout the year putting out really well-done, polished ad work and hiring, like, charming, talented actors to speak on behalf of the company. And then once a year... <laughs> When, when they need someone to speak live on camera to a global audience of millions, they're just like, oh, let's just have Bob do it. And Bob gets up there and he's awkward and he's stumbling through his speech and he's smiling weirdly. And Ken Rosenthal has no chemistry with him. Um, so I actually, so actually, I, I take that back. I actually do kind of enjoy that for how stupid it is. Um, but in general, my stance is I hate the stolen base, steal a taco promotion. And my God, I would just love it if one of these years nobody stole a base and Taco Bell just, I mean, I'm sure they have a, a clause in the contract where they don't pay for the promotion if it doesn't happen. But God, I would love it if, if they just get screwed. Put some respect on Taco Bell's name. I worked I at Taco Bell. That, that, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that who got the stolen base in the first steel base steel taco promotion, Jacoby. In what year? There's must have been the 07 World Series. That's correct. Do you know how many terrible, terrible gimmicks come and go? The point is not to get people to um, see whether there's going to be a stolen base. The point is to get people to watch any of the World Series. And do you think that actually, do you think there is anyone out there who is like, I'm not going to watch the World Series, but I don't want to miss if there's there's a free taco involved. Nobody's doing that. Okay. First of all, you don't know that. I'm I'm seeing if you can Google. I am challenging you for the next week. Find me one person who is only watching the World Series for the stolen taco. I mean, I'll just offer them a taco to say that they are. It's the same same difference. They don't have to watch. That's true. Um, so, I think, I mean, no. I know you're missing the point, but here's where you're really missing the point. If there was no stolen base during the entire the World Series, that would be Taco Bell's dream. Because they would be talking about this shit the whole time. Ah, what you true. need is a stolen base in the first inning of the first game. Oh, you're right. That's, yes, you are totally right. Oh my God. If there was no, oh, if there is no stolen bases until like game six, then yes, that is all America would be talking about. Would be the Taco Bell promotion. And shit, you're right. Under that scenario, people would be tuning in to game six being like, is it going to happen? Damn it. Um, You, uh, what you want is a hit by pitch. And a stolen base. Oh my um, god, that would be so great. That's what you want. So that would be amazing. Yes, if fair before. criticism of of like I mean the ad tie-ins are it's. Oh, wait, you know what? Would be, you know, what would make it even better too is if it happens so quickly 
that Fox is still like showing the the defensive um, layout of the team, <laughs> and so they don't. And then just like the steal happens, and they don't even get it on camera. Oh, that man. would be great. Okay, that right. would, see, that's right. the best. This is now scenario. okay. I, I'm changing. All right, I'm changing my pick. I'm changing my pick. What I want to see is, I guess. Oh, I guess in this scenario, it would be Kyle Schwarber too, because he's going to lead off the World Series. Even better. So, so I want to well, see that, Kyle Schwarber get hit by a pitch and then mm, steal second on the first pitch. That's too marketable. You don't want that. To, I know you might want to wait just a, a couple. A couple minutes, because the idea of Kyle Schwarber stealing a base <laughs> to get a, a taco. Ah, oh, you're right. God damn yeah. it! No matter what, Taco Bell wins. I can't. I can't. I can't figure this out. Um. That's that. And that's what everyone who eats Taco Bell realizes in the end. Um. <laughs> all right, I will go next. This one is very simple. I don't know if you saw that uh, Gene Segura wore his uniform um, on the plane. Where the rest of the Phillies were, I did not see that. He wore his full uniform. Little league vibes. I like. I would like uh, Gene Segura to not take off his uniform (laughs) for the entirety of the World Series. Um, That is no. He can hold on. Let me let me be clear. He can change into clean versions of the uniform, but just wear nothing but the uniform the whole time. He's going to sleep in the uniform. Exactly. Pouring his pouring his Cheerios. Okay. Um, do you know, I, I, so I didn't see this picture. Do you know why he might be doing this? Why? Until this year, Gene Segura held the, um, I guess it's not the dishonor of playing the most regular season games in Major League Baseball without playing a postseason game. This is his first, he, he'd been, he'd been waiting longer than any other active player to get in the postseason. So he is really soaking it up, I guess. How can you not root for these Phillies, Dan? Hey, I, I, Dan. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I did not say. I admit I'm twisting your words here. Yeah, I did not say I was rooting for the Astros. Um, You did not say it. I did not say it. You're right. I said I like this Astros team. I said I'm tired of pretending that we have to all hate the Astros team. And I think I mentioned it last week. Like, I've always felt the cheating thing was a little overblown. Um, you know, like I said, that the 51 Giants were stealing signs. Like Bobby Thompson's shot heard around the world. He knew what pitch was coming. They had been stealing signs for a month up to that point. Um, nobody cared. Nobody cares now. I, I think there was even, I should have looked this up before we started. There was even a, another sign stealing scandal in like the, Involving the Philadelphia A's, I want to say, in the 30s, where they, at one point, they tried to have, like, a buzzer buried in the dirt, I think. I should look this up, because I'm I'm probably completely mangling this and getting it wrong. Um, but, no, just, like, it, this is this has happened throughout baseball. Um, there are barely even any players left from that 2017 anymore. We were really just talking about Altuve, Bregman, Verlander, who, you know, is a pitcher, so he's not even relevant. Um, so I, I just don't care, and they're they're a fun team to watch. They're filled with fun players. I love I love Jordan. I I love Altuve. Um, you know, but whatever. We don't have to have this conversation again. <laughs> but so I, this so I'll segue into my next pick because I am not rooting for the Astros specifically, nor am I rooting for the Phillies specifically. My next pick, what I most want to see is I want to see Game Seven. That's pretty much what I root for. So when I watch the World Series, unless I really hate one of the teams, um, 
meaning the Yankees. I am just rooting for the series to go as long as possible. So if the Astros win the first two games in Houston, I will then be rooting for the Phillies to tie the series up. Um, I'll probably even be rooting for the Phillies to take the series lead because I would have more confidence in Houston's ability to, to drag it to, to, to Game 7. Um, that's what I want to see more than anything else. I love a long World Series. There's nothing, there's nothing worse after, you know, the baseball season is so long. You're watching baseball every day for six months, seven months with the postseason. There's nothing worse than when it like it builds, it builds, it builds up to the World Series. And then it's just like a boring four game sweep or it's over in five or something. So what I want to see is a seven game series. And I will be in any given game. I will be rooting for whatever team needs to win in order to prolong the series. I think one good thing about something that doesn't make you happy about the wide openness of the field is that um, I think counterintuitively, I'm less worried about one of these walkovers. Um, I know it's just one case, but I, you know, I can't see this Philly team getting swept. Um, But maybe that's just a lack of vision. However, the first two games are really important for that, I think, because they got to win one. They got to win. They absolutely have to because where the they they can match up. You know, Nola and Wheeler can match up with Verlander and Framber. Um, but after that, that's where Houston's advantage really comes in. They just have a, a much deeper starting staff in general and pitching staff. And you know, like think about Luis Garcia, who is arguably the biggest hero of this Astros postseason so far for what he did against the Mariners. That's the last time he's pitched in this postseason, that 18 inning game. He didn't, he didn't take the mound once against the Yankees. Um, that's how deep their pitching staff is. Like the, like the guy who's been their pitching hero didn't even take the mound last series. So I do think like the, the Phillies, yeah, the Philly, yeah, that, yeah, well, that's true. But yeah, the Phillies absolutely need to get one of two or they're in trouble. Uh, okay. <laughs> Here's my next one. This is funny. The Phillies look like they're going to win the World Series. The second, the absolute second, the last out is called, or the home run, or Reese Hoskins steps on the plate to win it, the Sixers announce they're firing Doc Rivers. (laughs) They just wait. It's the the biggest biggest uh, news dump they could imagine. Um, and they're just waiting for that moment. They go, boom, do it. Um, that would be funny. It, it would be funny from a news dump perspective. Uh, although I do got to say, like, I still have a lot of personal affinity towards Doc. Um, and I don't necessarily want the Sixers to try and figure this situation out. So I don't know that I'm rooting for him to be fired, per se. Uh, yeah, that's fair because I think that it would be <laughs> Sixers might get a little bit better if that happened. Precisely, um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just saying though, it would be worth it for me for the comedy um, to whether the second it happens or not, see some sort of burying of some big Philly uh, Sixers related story, like or trade Embiid, like just that. I know that wouldn't happen, but it just. Something funny with the Sixers. This is mostly to troll John Leary, an OTM fan, and somehow a Sixers fan who just dropped on his head as a child. 
Um, his brothers are Boston fans through and through. So, oh wait, no, one of them might like the Sixers. Eh, fuck them. Um, anyhow, I haven't looked at the schedule. Do the Sixers um, have any home games that coincide with the home World Series? I game? was gonna, I was gonna check all that out, and then I just didn't. <laughs> Um, um, that would be cool because, of course, that you know the arena is is in the same complex as as the as Citizens Bank. Yes, so that would be quite the mess. Have you ever been down there? Down yes, to a game of Philly? I have. I have. Um, I, I mean, I went. I've been to. I was at the Vet, and then I went to the new one. What What was your impression of the infamous Philly fan base? Oh man, <laughs> that's what you're going there to see. Like it's. As much as the games, and I mean, that was especially true with the vet mm-hmm. to a degree that I will never replicate because there was no place like that place except for maybe in like uh, Pyongyang, you know. Uh, so it is incredible. I love Philly. I love Philly, Philly fans, the whole nine yards. Um, I, I like Philly too. My, my wife is from Philly. My in-laws still live there. So I go down quite a bit. I got to say though. So my experience, I never went to the vet. I did go to Citizens Bank Park. Um, it wasn't a postseason game. It was just a regular season game, but this must've been, this would have been 2008, I think. So they were, you know, right in, in the heart. Well, I guess they hadn't. They ended up winning the World Series in 2008, right? Yeah, they yes. did. They beat the race. So this was a World Series. They hadn't won the World Series yet, but they were a team in, in, its, in, in its ascendancy. And and I like I went to the ballpark, so with the same attitude that you just said. Like I, I'm excited to see these you know these famous Philly fans. And I even remember I got there early, and I specifically went to the visitors bullpen. Because I wanted to see like what are what are Phillies fans doing to the opposing starting pitcher, and I got to tell you, I was kind of underwhelmed <laughs> by by the Philly crowd. Like I didn't, I, I don't think they were any more raucous or rude um, than a lot of other fan bases. Really, I was kind of disappointed, kind of let down. Uh, let me. Um make a distinction here when i've gone to citizens bank park i can't think of any distinct philly fan moments um that stick out however when michael vick was still on the falcons they played the eagles in a semi-final round game in the playoffs we didn't go to the game but we went to the tailgate <laughs> And then did we just you have, went, did you have tickets and not no, make no, no. it in because you were too drunk? No, 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 we were just like, let's go to Philly and tailgate before this game and then go watch it at a bar. So we did it. Mm-hmm. I think that's when I got acquainted with the, the... And also, I just know a lot of Philly fans here in New York yeah. because uh, them and us make up a huge portion of the... Uh, you know, obviously, make up the biggest portion of the out-of-towners. Um... Okay. Yeah, that that was mine. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I, I had high expectations for them. I didn't really witness anything hardcore or funny. I think at one point, if I remember, I think it was a game against the Cardinals, and it was a close game. 
And uh, the Cardinals had like a one-run lead in the late innings, and they brought in a reliever, and he was a little shaky. He walked a guy. And, you know, the crowd got into it. The crowd was on its feet, and it was loud. And I remember I was just I was standing next to a guy, you know, prototypical, had, a, had an Eagles tattoo on his calf, was wearing a Chase Otley jersey. Um, and he was screaming at the reliever, and he was just going, uh-oh, you're in Philly, baby, you're in Philly. And I'm just like, you can't, you can't just say that. You can't, ju- you can't just be like, it's Philly, you are magically in trouble because you're here. Like, you actually have to do the thing that puts the guy off his game. Um, and Philly, he didn't do it. That's Philly all he was saying. You're in Philly. Philly listeners, please note that Dan Secatore is saying all this. Look, um, I want you guys, I want the Philly crowd to, you know, be rude and loud and obnoxious. I want that. I'm just saying. I didn't see it. That's all I'm saying, Philly. I didn't see it. All right. Are you up? I don't know. <laughs> Where are we? I think you are. I did three. I think we all, we got all that from the Doc right. Rivers thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you picked, you picked Bryce Harper hitting seven home runs. Uh, then I picked nobody stealing a base. Then... You picked yeah, Gene Scarry wearing his uniform the whole time. I picked Game 7. You picked Doc Rivers. Okay, yeah, so it is my turn. Um, all right, so I'm going to go with I want to see uh, Jose Altuve go 4 for 4 in the first game. Actually, screw that. I'm going to change it. I want to see him go 4 for 4 in the first game, and then I want to see him go 2 for 2 to start off Game 2. Um, because it, it like hit streaks are awesome. I love individual hit streaks. Um, when when Mercedes went on his little streak to begin the season for the White Sox last year with whatever he did, eight for eight or eight for nine, um, that was that was like one of my most uh, fun individual moments that I've. I mean, I was tuning in to, to White Sox games in the first week of the season in order to see his at bats. I think his streaks are cool as hell. And Jose Altuve, we started the postseason. What did he start? Oh for twenty eight. Or something like that. Like that's insane. That's insane that any player could start a postseason over twenty eight. And it's particularly insane that it's Jose Altuve, a guy who puts the bat on the ball all the time, a guy that still has legs and can beat out infield hits. Like I can't. I literally can't believe it's possible that it happened. Um, and I like. I think it would be so cool if he starts the World Series and just completely turns things around. Four for four in the first game. Um, starts game two, two for two. Then we're just, you know, all watching how far can he keep this streak going in the opposite direction. So that's what I'm rooting for. Big Jose Altuve hit streak. I almost, I didn't. The The last one on the cutting room floor for me was that Altuve doesn't get a hit the whole series. <laughs> that I, I have to admit that would also be kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, in gen- I prefer to see players do great things rather than fall flat on their face. But I do have to admit that there would be um, some entertainment in that as well. I mean, the thing with Altuve, I mean, he is the most hated baseball player by Yankees fans. I could tell you that much right yeah. now. Dwarfs anybody from Boston. It's not close. Um, and the weird well, thing wait, hold to on, me is... Hold on, hold on. What about Aaron Judge? <laughs> Yankee fans hate them some Aaron Judge um, I don't know how Bregman who's like so slimy to me has sort of evaded the hate I love um, Bregman 
Love that guy. What is happening to Dan? Love Alex Bregman. First of all, look. For, no, uh, we're gonna have it. We're gonna have an intervention. I'm gonna talk to Keaton, and if I'm talking to Keaton, things are bad. Alex Bregman is a Jewish baseball star. I'm not Jewish myself, but I have a ton of Jewish friends, and I actually I would say like my but like the Jewish people in general are a big part of my baseball fandom. Like I have a ton of friends who are Jewish baseball fans, and I I think it's it's great that that you know he's represent he's representing the tribe on the field. I love that. I'm just like I'm never not going to root for a New Englander. I'm always going to root for a Jewish baseball player. I live in New York. Basically, all my friends are Jewish baseball fans. And you know what else they have in common? They fucking hate Alex Bregman. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you know, that's the whole self-loathing thing. That, that's, you know, that's, that's part of, well, that's I got that part one of the identity. <laughs> I got that one, too. All right, fair. That's not what I would choose. And I also like, like, he's a smart guy. He's, he gets, he's not afraid to get political. And when he gets political, he's not um, calling Sandy Hook a false flag. So, like, he's smart. He's funny. He's a good Twitter follow. I, I like Alex Bergman. I really do. Hope he hears this, bro. <laughs> Alex, um, if you're listening, I don't, I don't have a follow-up. Thanks for well, listening. <laughs> well, I have a great follow-up because my next pick is... One hour before game three, or game one, sorry, there's a um, Jeff Passan tweet that says, multiple league sources confirm to ESPN that the Astros are the subject of an- another cheating scandal, <laughs> having been detected as recently as these playoffs. And then oh. I don't care if it's real or not. It's just it. <laughs> Just that's what? it. It's like so, exactly the Patriots with the footballs. The timing uh-huh. of it just perfectly done to shit on everything. Run it back. Let's do it again. What do you do? You have any guesses as to what the scandal would entail this time? Oh, just like you know. I mean, maybe it's like the chess thing. Maybe there's anal beads. <laughs> you know, they're like. I mean, that would work. So. Uh, let's yeah, let's go with anal beads. Okay, you want, you want some? And the umps, the umps are you know they have to check the hands, so you know I don't know. Oh God, that's true. Oh man, what a bad position Rob Manfred's in right there. If he all of a sudden needs to start checking for that, yes, that would get people watching. That's we would what I'm now, talking about. <laughs> we'd have an entire new crowd of a people who love Taco Bell. But please steal the base. So you, Please steal the base before you touch that taco. I mean, you perverts. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is Rob Manfred's baseball. Yeah. Yeah. So I was proud of that one. Uh, all right. You're next. That's a pretty good one. Um, all right. Uh, my next one. So I, I, sh- I should have I brought this up earlier since it has to do with Bryce Harper hitting a home run. <clears throat> what I want to see, though is I want to see Bryce Harper intentionally walked in a key situation. And then I want to see Nick Castellanos hit like a grand slam on the first pitch after Bryce Harper is intentionally walked. And then I want all of the baseball world to agree that the intentional walk sucks and should be banned and should never exist. I hate it so much. This has been a hobby horse of mine for a while. Like, especially, and, th- and this is a prime example. Bryce Harper right now is the hottest player on the planet. He's arguably the most famous baseball player and has been for 10 years. 
and he's DHing because he can't throw, which means he only gets to impact the game four times. The cameras are only going to show Bryce Harper four or five times a game. That, and the fact that I baseball will take allows... That, I will take that bet. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yes, he will be on camera much more than that. But he will only be on camera doing something on the field <laughs> four or five times a game. And the fact that Major League Baseball is totally cool with saying, yeah, our giant massive star who is complete, who is the story of the postseason, we're okay with him only being on camera on the field doing something four times and then one of those times just being taken away. Like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate the intentional walk. I don't get how every baseball fan doesn't completely hate it. Like, you're, all of a sudden, we're watching baseball. We're getting excited. Cool. All-time great players coming up in a key moment. Oh, never mind. We don't even see him. They don't even throw the pitches anymore. They just wave him to first base. Um, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I want it to go away. And the only way I think it will go away is if things like this happen. So I'm going to disagree with your detective work there. Um, I don't know if you're aware who the most exciting Red Sox player in postseason history is and what position he played. Yeah, okay. I have an idea. Nor do I think you realize that the 2002 World Series, while notable for its considerable avoidance of a certain player on the Giants, ended mm. up being an incredible series despite all that. Um, the kid was almost run over. I mean... <laughs> Dusty Baker's kid! <laughs> Another interesting thing about Dusty Baker. Oh, man. Um, I have no problem with the intentional walk. I mean... It's the the here's my twist, and I'm I wish I had I'd probably replace the Doc Rivers one with this. I want the Castellanos memes to end. Really, you're not a fan of the memes? They're just so loosely applied. They they've gotten that is true. They've gotten farther and far, it was neat because they sort of like obviously they were right on the money like the first two or three times. Then they were only a little bit off the money, and now it's just like, oh, it's raining today. Oh, shit, is Castellanos up? It's like, no, it's fucking raining. Um, that, all right, that is actually something that really bothers me. I, I I haven't seen it as much with the Castellanos meme, but the, the one thing where I really see it all the time on, like, T-shirts and water bottles is is when people steal the, the keep calm and carry on thing from the London tube. And it's just like, keep calm and some completely random combination of words like kale that, on keep calm and kale well, not on. even not even they don't even they don't even necessarily rhyme like i like i've seen i've multiple times in my life seen a shirt that says keep calm and stay thirsty which is like you're combining two totally different things here they don't relate to each other at all they don't rhyme it, it bothers me to to all hell so I actually, yeah, I guess I do. I am sympathetic to your standpoint that the Castellanos meme is being misapplied in the same way. And it's going to be in the World Series. Um, yeah. All right, for my last choice, and I, I hinted at this, if the Astros must win, okay, I want Jordan to win it on some actual Roy Hobbs shit, mm. breaking the lights in Minute Maid Park um, and just rounding the bases. Because he is... By far my favorite Astro and one of the five, my five favorite players in the game who are not Red Sox. Just like hands down. He is awesome. He really is like the prototypical baseball slugger. 
And it's also, it's so funny to keep seeing opposing managers in this postseason bring in a lefty to face him as if, like, I don't, like, everyone just assumes he's just this, this sort of, like, one-dimensional slugger who can't hit lefties. He OPSed 1,000 against lefties this year. Like, he's, he strikes out below league average. Like, this guy is just an amazing hitter. And managers keep doing this bringing a lefty thing in. It just doesn't work at all. It's hilarious. I love the guy. We've obviously seen a lot of strong hitters. And I'm, like, for just even the steroid guys, if you can sort of just, like, de-steroid them in your mind, just natural strength. I mean, the Yankees have had two of the strongest guys I've ever seen for the last few years, and I think Jordan is stronger than both of them. The bat looks smaller in Jordan's hands than it does in anyone else's hands in baseball. I think. I don't have that. That's I don't know how to prove that, but that's something I I believe in my core. Um. So yeah, I, if if he just if he if he became Reggie Jackson, that's fine with me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I can, okay, so you were rooting for the Astros too. Glad. Yeah. yeah. Glad, glad Sorry, you, big reveal. Yes. This out. Yeah. Um, all, right. all right. Your last choice. My last choice, and fittingly, I will go with something that would be the last moment of the series. What I want more than anything else in the world is uh, for the World Series winners to be on the field celebrating their accomplishment. I want Rob Manfred to walk out with the World Series trophy. And then I want a player, let's, hey, let's say Jordan Alvarez, because we just talked about how big and strong he is. I want Jordan Alvarez to rush over. I want him to push the Astros owner out of the way. And I want him to grab the trophy directly from Rob Manfred's hands, because nothing bothers me more in the world than the fact that the owner, who we don't care about, who we don't know, who didn't play a single inning is the person who gets to hold the trophy first. It is so dumb. It just says so much about Major League Baseball and the people who run it in America, really. And I hate it. I just, one of these days, I want a player to just snap and say, get the fuck out of here. We just won that trophy, not you. Go sit down. I mean, that's fair. But for owners, this is just fantasy baseball. And they're like, this is why I play. I don't. I don't even think that's true anymore. I think that was true twenty years ago. Now I think owners. Now they just want to sell T-shirts. They just like being in the club. They just like being in the club. They like making money. If they win, they're like, "Hey, this is great. This is cool." If they don't win, they're totally fine with it too. No, there um, aren't. There aren't any owners anymore who you know. Do not that. Not that I'm holding up George Steinbrenner as a paragon of anything, but I, I truly don't believe there are any owners who lose a game and then, you know, can't sleep for the next three days and just spend the next six months trying to figure out how to get better. That's just that that owner has gone extinct. Or um, is just put away his wallet. Uh, so that's our draft. Uh, I won. So congrats to me. I mean, I got you to change your first thing in like five seconds. Like, uh, I still, up. I can't believe how much I've been foiled by Taco Bell. Yeah, that's the thing. God, this is, I feel so this is happen This is happening. I mean, the way you need it to happen is like, it happens so fast that the, the CEO or whatever doesn't get on until like the fourth inning. Then mm. the corporation side is mad. And, like, ah, blah, 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 and then 
Yeah. No more taco. But like you said, but the uh, it's Schwarber. Then that's such a oh, all the pictures of Schwarber at Taco Bell after the series. He would be their spokesperson if they won the World Series, and he yeah. did that. He'd become Taco Bell spokesperson. Yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no way around this. There's no escaping it. Taco Bell wins. Um, yes. Uh, before we go, do you have anything from outside the world of baseball or Taco Bell that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I do not. Yeah, you you forgot again. <laughs> I didn't. Um, and this I was your. Would, this was your idea. This is my idea. I said I would come up with a recommendation uh, during the show, not thinking about the fact that we were just going to spend the next hour talking, and I didn't really have time to jot anything down. Um, so mine is, I, and I would like to replace my first one. So this is good because now we'll just be even in numbers. Okay. Because okay. my first one, I said Kirby: The Forgotten Land on Switch. I was panicking. You know, that's my kids play that. It's a kids game. It's fun, but it's a kids game. But I have a better Switch game, cheaper to uh, recommend. It's called What the Golf. Um, it is nominally a golf game. However, it is um, absurdist. The best way I can describe it is uh, every hole has three different levels. Um, and a lot of drugs went into making this game. Like, a lot. And... Uh, there's a hole where every hole takes place on sort of like an island, so you can't go off the side. And uh, there's a car on the course, and if you hit the car, it drives your ball off the side, so you got to go around the car to get it in the hole. And that's the first version of it. The second one is you need to get a hole in one, which, how are you supposed to do that? The car's right in the way. Well, instead of shooting a golf ball, now you are uh, launching a cow over all of it. Um, and then the last, uh, this does, is this, is this live golf? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then in the third version of it, uh, you lined up to swing and you have to knock over the trees on the course. But when you follow through the swing, the car actually bounces around. So you using the car to knock over the things. Oh, nice. There are many different levels that there's big Lebowski homages. There's a super Mario brothers homage. There is the acid level, which is terrifying. Um, like you're playing on acid? It's like a Doc Ellis situation? It's just very, very creepy intentionally. So, um, And it's a $10 game. You could probably finish it in a few days. Um, highly, highly recommended. I got it from Mark Norman, and former um, site manager here. Great game for adults. That does that does sound enticing. Um, I'm intrigued there. I, I will briefly recommend something. Um, I, I'll, I'll recommend another TV show, the first episode of which I watched last night. Um, I don't know that this is a good show. <laughs> even And I'm not just saying that because I haven't seen the rest of it. I, um, I don't even know if the first episode I watched was good. Um, but have you heard of the new Interview with a Vampire show? Not enough to say yes. Okay, so this show, it's on AMC. It, uh, it, it stars the guy who played uh, Grey Worm in Game of Thrones. Um, so all I'll say about this Theon. show is... No, 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 not that guy. The, um, the guy who was the unsullied general. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So all I'll say about this is this is the most 
extra show I have ever seen in every possible way. I mean, it is hilariously erotic and hilariously violent and just like it's it, like I said, maybe not a great show, but the week before Halloween, if you're just trying to have some fun and relax, like this show is fucking out there. Um, so it's it's a fun watch, if nothing else. Maybe. Like I said, I've only seen one episode. <laughs> it sounds like it. I like that that guy was like, I got to do a role where I, I have a dick. Oh, oh yes, there are there. You will see dicks. Um, yeah, well, you that's will see. It's like two I vampires need having to show people that I have this. All right, <laughs> they don't let them think it's real. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he was afraid of getting typecast as, yeah. as someone who doesn't have a penis. Mm. So he went um, in the complete opposite direction. Well, on that note, um, we're going to uh, pack it up for this particular. Um, edition of the over the monster podcast thank you for happy yankee elimination day everybody again yeah yeah the celebrations go on all month there's no time limit um anyhow uh you could follow me at brian joiner uh b-r-y-a-n-j-o-i-n-e-r and dan at dan secatore spelled like it sounds if you know italian sounds um that is it and go phillies uh from this side and go astros from dan's side but I just want everyone to have a good time. And Except for no for one to, and for no one to get any tacos. Yeah. All right. All That's right. it, guys. Thanks a lot, Brian. Bye. Take care. <laughs>